Hey everybody, Justin Brock back again with another episode of Gurunomics. And today we have the, the person who needs no introduction. She's been traveling all over the country this year, meeting everybody face-to-face -face and, and really getting out uh, of, of the, the comfort of Stevensville, Texas. Rebecca Davis, the Medicare Wonder Woman is here. And we're gonna try to ask some questions that maybe other people haven't, try to figure out, you know, how long she's been doing this, what her trajectory has looked like, what her goals are, and, and um, hopefully anybody that's looking for a connection that's got some similar paths to cross can reach out to her and see if she can help them out with it. So thank you so much for being here, Rebecca. Thanks, Justin. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, last time I was with you, we were together one day up in Nashville, and then I got really sick and didn't see anybody for the rest of the time so uh, I was wondering what happened to you <laughs> I was texting coach Bert the next morning like I don't know if I can make it I'm I was I was I woke up feeling pretty awful but you know it's okay I'm, I'm gonna rebound hopefully uh that doesn't happen at eight percent and I can have a full three day since it's the longest one he's done so far uh but I'm speaking on the last day so I have to, I have to stuff it out. <laughs> you have to pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, I have to pace myself better. But um, so Rebecca, we have been, you know, chatting, you know, and, and getting together in the same rooms together for a while now. You were at MedicareCon. We've been together at 8% before um, and, you know, just talked online for a long time. You're somebody that's really participating in some of the online communities since they started. You have one too called Medicareville and, um as, as this kind of world of connections online has evolved, you've been one of those people that's been there helping uh, along the way the whole time, uh, kind of like me, some of the, the early days of, of the Facebook communities evolving. And I'm just curious, what do you think overall the communities online and the, you know, the, the events that have emerged since then and the overall kind of connections that we all are getting to make. What, what are your thoughts about how that it, how good or bad that is for the industry? Oh, as, as a whole, I think overall it's phenomenal. Um, before I stumbled across any of the groups or found 8% Nation, I was living in my own little bubble in my own little world, you know, and you know, there's this whole other world out there in insurance that nobody knows about unless you actually get out there and know about it. Yeah. And I found it really interesting. I mean, my first year at 8%, I was just like blown away. I was like a little kid in a candy store. I'm like, what? This is in unreal. You know, my FMO didn't tell me anything about this. And then I, later on, I asked them, I'm like, Hey, have you ever heard about it? They're like, no, what's that? So they live in their own little bubble too. And I think that's the neat thing about the groups and the conferences, you know, it allows us to get out of our bubble, to see the whole world, to see the big picture and to meet other people and just pick each other's brains. You know, we have this camaraderie now that we didn't have before. Yeah. You know, outside of my office, I didn't know anybody three years ago that was in the insurance business, unless they were like literally my competition across the street, you know, but we're not buddies. Yeah. No, we're you the know. same way. Like most of the friends that I had locally that were in insurance were PNC guys, um, not really any Medicare people. Um, we, we have since then actually uh, recruited into the fold some of our local previous competitors um, and, and are collaborating together now. And, but I don't think any of that would happen even with, it's so funny, like 
I have people locally, a, a group that started, we started building a relationship with that I was aware of for a long time. Um, but be, they found us online and saw all the stuff we were doing. And then we connected and they're right down the road in the same town, but now we're actually working together on stuff, but it all happened because of the, the, the community. So, um, well, I, I think that it's overall pretty good too. I think sometimes there's misinformation that flows as well. And, and, and it's very difficult. People write me all the time. They're like, why did you let so-and-so say this? And I'm like, there are 45 to 50 new threads created a day in Medicare gurus. There's no way I see them all. Like if somebody says something crazy, report it to me and I'll try to get it out of there, but we don't see everything. And I'm sure you the same way. Oh yeah. I don't have too much drama in mine. Mine's not near the size yours is. And I'm okay with that because then I don't have to monitor it 24 seven for the drama. (laughs) Difficult to monitor. So, but but. you know, everybody's got to take things like that with a grain of salt. If you know, that's not true, either politely correct somebody and show, you know, in CMS bylaw, da, 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 where it is. Or, you know, ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't register it. Right. Everything doesn't have to be, you know, a civil war on insurance. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a lot of people that will, there's some people that will come right into the groups right away and just with a chip on their shoulder, like, I, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And then a lot of times after they're in there for a while, it begins to change and they're like, oh, these are just like, because I can't think they come in with that like competitor, competitor, competitor. And they realize, you know what? not everybody's my competitor. I'm not going to write 70 million Medicare Advantage plans, you know, and there are probably ways we can collaborate to learn more from one another and and do a better job for the beneficiaries. So. um, Oh, absolutely. I've even been known when somebody posts something that I'm like, is that right? Is like, I don't think that's right, but then I'll go and Google it myself and research it and then see, you know, if I miss something or if, you know, I was right in my head just to make sure I keep it straight because, you know, the rules change every year too. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll go to look that stuff up and turns out I was wrong. And so I've learned a lot. Because it changed in the last 60 days. Yeah. (laughs) Some of the people that come in and and think they know the most, like there, there's differences. Uh, I mean, you know, I've learned a lot. I've learned from you. I've learned from Joanna Wyckoff. I've learned from Ron Ray. I've learned from like a lot of people online that are, you know, experts in their own right. Um, but even all of them, I think, have learned from other people too. So oh, absolutely. We're, we're, we're all no, stronger together. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you can know it all. Yeah. I mean, there's just too much to know. Exactly. Well, so Rebecca, let's go back to uh, how how long how long ago did you start in the business? What was your what year did you start? Well, I originally started in 2012 um, with State Farm. So I was PNC. Um, they did a little life and health, but, you know, mostly PNC. So I got my start with State Farm. I was captive for four years and then, you know, was just spinning my wheels. I was just an agent there. I didn't own it or anything. And um, so I decided to go independent and I was drawn towards the health and Medicare. And so I went independent, like the end of 2016. It's when I actually left State Farm and then opened my agency doors in 2017. Okay. And then kind of downhill ever since. <laughs> well, you've been, I mean, really cranking out a, the, a lot with the grassroots marketing. You got the new book out uh, that we just ordered here in the office, the 101 grassroots marketing tip and marketing tips, right? So, 100 grassroots marketing tips and tricks. Nice. Yeah. So the, you are the grassroots person. We, we've done some of the stuff, but I don't think anybody's done to the level that you have of just really working 
the warm markets, working the local Facebook groups is something that you did early on, um, like the, the yard sale groups and stuff like that. But you did it the right way where you would work by building a relationship and value. And so many people will just go into a group and start spamming it. Um, right. And you didn't do that. You, you realized there was value in building the relationships. And, and of course there's a ton more in, you know, in there. So anybody that wants a, to learn how to really, and the cool thing about grassroots, you know, Rebecca is so many people come in, call me and they're like, wanting to replicate exactly what we have now. But part of me, I'm like, you really need to, you know, get out there because I, even I did early on working BNI groups or creating like little referral circles and going to lunch with PNC agents and uh, just meeting with anybody that will meet with you and just talk to you and hang out and build relationships because they all have a grandma or a mother or a friend or a customer. And some of them have more and more and more of that working doctor's offices, all those little things that people are like, I don't want to do that. That's hard. I want to I want some sort of magical internet lead that I can close over the phone all day. And look, telesales is possible that way. You can start on it really hard, really expensive, but grassroots when you have more time than money in the beginning is the way to get started. And it builds an infrastructure that's impossible to steal from someone as well. Absolutely. You know, that's all we did the first three years with grassroots. And, and, you know, and that's part of the reason why I'm so deep into it because I had to keep reinventing a new idea. I mean, you can't just keep doing the same thing. You have to come up with new ideas all the time when grassroots is your focus. And it's funny you bring up the Facebook groups because I was doing the buy, sell trade pages and the classify pages long before I was ever in an insurance group, you know, that just with my local community, we have something here called the rant and rave page. I would, uh, person in the office that scours that page all day long every day because you never know when your business is going to get blasted one way or the other (laughs) and that page is so known we only have 19,000 people in our town but there's 30,000 members of that page not sure how that happened but it did that page can make or break a business in this town so you got to be really careful in these small towns that word of mouth is the biggest way to get business Mm -hmm. and you know utilize that to your advantage and do it smartly and stay out of you know the bad eyes, you know, where people want to talk down about you. And if they do fix it quickly, I mean, we're not perfect. Nobody is, we all make mistakes, but it's how you fix the mistake you made or how you handle it is what really sets a business apart in my opinion. And I came, you know, with state farm, we had the leads. I mean, they bought us leads and I knew how to dial leads, but you know, leads are so hit and miss too. And so, I mean, PNC probably maybe the worst. Um, so I was burnt out on leads when I started the business. Plus I didn't have the money for them. So, you know, grassroots just made sense for us and it's really worked and, you know, it's been fun and it's relationship building, as you say, and the business is stickier in my opinion, because of it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I think I, I, I'm sure it's stickier because basically when you, are creating grassroots, everyone is coming through referrals of some sort. Um, and so you're getting transferred levels of trust in that referral automatically. And, uh, you know, and then the more people know you, uh, what really happens when you do a really good job at it is it is you're getting people that say they got two or three people that told them to come to you. Mm-hmm. And, and then now it's like, like that level of trust is like, they're not going anywhere else ever. You know, when they were told by two to three, you know, people that they already have some level of trust in or to come to you. So, um, yeah, I actually, and I, I try to say like, I'm not a, I'm not going to talk down about BNI or anything, but I do attribute 
uh, early on when I was trying to do grass grassroots marketing. I didn't even call it grassroots marketing, and that's what it was. But I didn't know I was just trying to get some damn business, <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I was trying to figure out stuff. And I remember coming across BNI groups, which we had a, a couple here in Tupelo already, and then there was another one forming. And I went uh, and started. I visited every one of them. And so I've actually told my guys that, you know, come on in our office. I'm like, you guys should go visit every BNI group. I was like, I don't care if you ever join once, but you should just go visit them because that forces people to meet you. And sometimes, sometimes people would like me better than the person that held my seat in that group. So I ended up actually, my seat was taken in every group and I had to go and help create a new group. So I, we were in a charter group uh, for BNI for a year before it started then I was the vice president of it. And I got really burned out on, on BNI because there's another agenda with BNI is to grow BNI, kind of like mm -hmm. a multi-level marketing thing. Um, but I get why they do it. It has to grow to continue to do it, but it forces you outside your comfort zone to make relationships with people that otherwise you wouldn't have met. So however you can do that, Chamber of Commerce, CDF, we call it CDF here, Community Development Foundation, I think. Um, but it's like a chamber of commerce, those meetings, young professionals meetings, all this different stuff um, that gets you outside your comfort zone, forces you civitans, rotary. I joined the rotary for a while. Uh, and pe so people now, they know me as like marketing and inbound phone calls and telesales and all this stuff. And I'm like, but we started out doing that because it's extremely effective. And I still get referrals from all these people that I built those foundational relationships with years ago um and so i think it's one of the it's like the bedrock of one of the, of a great uh agency you know another one rebecca i don't know if you know this but like danielle kunkel boomer benefits mm -hmm. started off uh really big into nehu building referral relationships with group brokers and then doing okay. seminars so everybody knows her as like having this amazing authoritative website that brings in all this value and it does right. but even her background was very that's not how it started it's not how it started it was yeah. very it was grassroots <laughs> that's how it started we get because we're only an hour from danielle's office we get people that come in all the time that have seen her videos and you know yeah. they're like well, i saw danielle crunkle i was thinking about calling her but you're local you know what she does is amazing and she's been in this a long time and i just tell them you know what she's amazing and we strive to be as good as she is someday you know and i just yeah. leave it like that you know she's uh, an agent agency I would aspire to. And, you know, when com somebody comes in with their video, I'm like, Oh, well, perfect. I know you got good information then. That's and I right. don't have to like retrain you. <laughs> well, we're all the way in here in Tupelo and I can count on, uh, I might, I probably couldn't count on two hands. How many times somebody brought in a printout from like a boomer benefits or a Medicare FAQ websites, my friend Jagger, you know, they, they have a great website too. And I, I'm always like, I'm, I'm like, I know those guys are run a great business. Normally by the time, and you know how this is, by the time they come to me, they've already decided I just want someone I can sit in front of, or I know where mm -hmm. they're at and I can go visit them. And, uh, and of course I have to use that to my advantage <laughs> in those situations, right. but we exactly. never like, them because they're, they have yeah, great. No. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm like, I tell him straight up. I'm like, I hope someday to be where she is. She's been in this business a long time and is, you know, a rock star in it. Yeah. You know, I'm local, you're local. And, uh, you know, we're going to give you the same value and the same information. We just haven't been doing it as long, but yeah. you know, she's a rock star uh, in my I eyes. Mean, I don't even, 
I don't even talk bad about the people that are in, we have, we have two offices in Tupelo and there's another agency in the same building as us. And I, I'm not going to talk bad to clients about them and they're right there. It, and I think a lot of that too, is when you go around talking bad about people, you know, a lot of people's instinct is like, wow, if you'd talk bad about them to me, then you'd talk bad about me to them. And then it just creates no trust there. So we don't do that. That's not our way of competing. We're going to try to be as good as we can be, build the biggest tower, not tear, spend time tearing down yeah. somebody else's tower. Absolutely. And I refer business like locally here all the time because we do a little PNC still just because I hold that license, but it's not something I really want to do. And somebody walks in the door that's strictly PNC and, you know, they got something complicated. You know, I just don't want to mess with it. I don't have the time. It's not my forte anymore. And, you know, I'll refer them to, you know, there's a few agents in town that I always refer out to. I'm like, you know, go over here. They'll do great. They have all the carriers that are going to be able to help with this for you. Just let them know I sent you, you know, because you can't do it all there. And in the insurance business, there is too much. I mean, you just can't do it all and you got to well, we, pick what we, you want to do. <laughs> we have those reciprocal referral relationships, like on the group side um, where, you know, we have people that'll send their ACA um, Medicare advantage stuff to us. Uh, some of them will write maybe a med sup or two here and there, but they'll do group and they won't touch ours. They don't, you know, and, and we're the same way with PNC. We're PNC licensed. I wrote all my own PNC through here. And, you know, we've probably written another 50 clients at this point. Um, we just kind of look at it as a, but as if they come in and they're using some, some internet company that, that they have never, you know, that they don't even know who their agent is. We'll try to rewrite those and help them. But if they come in and they're like, because I know all the PNC agents in town and I'm trying to be yeah. friends with all of them. If they come in and they're, they're theirs, I don't even really want to replace their business. I yeah, just I try not to. It's just and usually, I usually only do it too if they have their health policies with me and they just want to have everything in one place. Yeah. I get that. It's easier for them, especially if they're 72 years old. You know, we'll work that, with those guys we, and stuff. That's how we pitch it uh, at seminars. When we do seminars, we'll tell them, that we, we have PNC as an option, but we only do it for our Medicare and health insurance clients. So that's how we try to handle it here too. Yeah. I mean, it's money's money and we'll, we'll take it where we can get it, but, but definitely don't consider ourselves a PNC shop. It was just like an added value. Well, I always keep it, you know, just alive enough to, you know, you never know what the next president's going to do with health insurance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Someday I, I may to have to turn into, into a PNC agent and yeah. I might as well at least have my license and everything active. I have to change all of my signs to, uh, to PNC gurus. <laughs> I better, I better, I mean, tra I better trademark home and auto gurus or something, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we definitely have, we actually have bought like Tupelo home and auto.com and like just some little, like, so if we ever had to really push into the local, uh, home and auto shop, we could. And that's why that's another reason we wanted it too. It's just that other stream of income. And we do believe in diversifying, but right now Medicare and ACA is so strong that we have, uh, we've actually had a, we never really targeted ACA, but we've had an amazing ACA year. I'm sure you guys have seen a, a lot of that. Uh, yeah, I've been in ACA since literally the ground floor because believe it or not, State Farm got involved in ACA when that happened. Yeah. And so we had special training being State Farm. We had our own hotline to healthcare.gov and everything. In that first year, I got really, really versed in it really quickly to the point where I was actually helping the carriers give seminars locally on the state farm side. Um, and it's, 
once you break into it, once you figure it out and actually get it going, break into it, it's like a slot machine from then on out. Um, Because once you get that ACA ball going, it's almost like you can't stop it. (laughs) You know, between if you're working Medicare, between the spouse in the house or their kids or their grandkids that need insurance, or you help one family here in town that went from $2,000 a month to $20 a month. And now they're literally telling everybody in the PTA, you know, it's unstoppable at that point. You just need to write kind of like your first 20 and then all of a sudden they'll just start coming in and you'll be like where are these coming from and it's just everybody's passing your number around when it comes to ACA yeah no we're we we have a a ton of traction and like like I said we never really targeted it it was a lot of you know under 65 spouses that were writing in the beginning and then with this wave that just happened the referrals just kicked up kicked up and then even the healthcare.gov listing because i've been ffm certified since since the beginning even though we weren't pushing it but you know when it, when they go on healthcare.gov it'll pull my name up close to the top because it'll say like seven years of service or something mm-hmm. like that so people look at it and there's all these other agents now it says one year and i, I guess people will reach out to us because they'll be like oh well you guys said he'd been doing it the longest. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. We're on there too. We get random calls from there. They think they're calling healthcare.gov. It's really funny. And they end up yeah. in our office and we have to explain to them what's going on. And then also they have the help on demand thing. A lot of agents um, don't utilize that enough. It's, you know, some areas that's really good in, you know, where you get those free leads from the government site, people want asking yeah. for help. Yeah. Hey, we'll take free leads where we can get them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So, well, so right now, this AEP, do you feel like it's going to be y'all's best AEP yet? Um, <laughs> this is like always such a trick question. I mean, last year we had a good AEP, you know, despite COVID and everything. Um, I think maybe the year before to date might have been my overall best AEP, you know, all things considered. Yeah. Um, last year was weird. I had my best agent. He, I remember he showed up to one of his seminar events. It was a restaurant, literally just talked to the people two weeks before to verify everything shows up there. And there's a sign on the door that they're permanently closed and he's got people showing up in 10 minutes, you know, wow. and then he's like, I'm like, well, write a note. Is there another restaurant in town? He's like, well, there's one across the street. I'm like, well, run over there, see if they got a room, put a note on the door, wait till everybody shows up and funnel them all over there. I mean, it was like a giant scramble. That's but crazy. I mean, what do you, what is an agent supposed to do? I mean, the restaurant a week ago was open and now it's like done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I that's, mean, that's like an, a completely outside their control thing. Yeah. I, so, you know, we've had, we had some interesting things with COVID last year. And then I got COVID, my entire staff got COVID. Like, the last push there in December. So we all had to pick up our computers and like drag them to the house and then finish up an enrollment while I'm yeah. dying on the couch. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, we, we, um, we, we had gotten pretty full steam ahead. It was crazy. Cause COVID, you know, COVID had all of the, um, all, you know, we, we went home for like a solid month and then we started trickling back in with the skeleton crew, locking the doors, not doing face to face appointments, doing everything over the phone, but back in the office, at least, uh, we were capped at not having more than 10 employees in the office. And then, um, then when it finally full fledged kind of opened back up and in Mississippi, you know, in Texas too, where were some of the States that kind of got somewhat back to normal faster than others. And so we actually had a really killer AEP and somehow by the grace of God, like none of us got sick during AEP. And, uh, no, I take that back. Steven did for a minute 
and uh, and did have to go home for a little while, but he was working from home. Um, but he was the only one that seemed to like get it right in the middle. I think Sid had it right before AEP. When you had it like right during the holidays. Yeah. So that's the thing is my, I didn't get it at all. And then I got it um, after AEP right in, in Christmas time. Mm-hmm. It ruined pretty much ruined Christmas. I think I got it diagnosed with it like Christmas Eve. And then it really lasted through the new year for me. So, uh, but I was, I was still thinking God that it didn't happen during AEP or yeah. enrollment. Yeah, no, it was tough. We, I mean, we had like the one week left of Medicare when I got it and two weeks left of ACA. Oh, it was horrible. You know, working 16, 18 hours from the couch, you know, trying to handle calls off your cell phone and when you're used to a full system and, oh, oh. Did you guys, before you got sick, were people still trying to walk, come to the office? Oh yeah. We, I, I, I got it from a client. Yeah. Cause when I found out I had it, like everybody that I saw that week, I went and called. Yeah, and then about the eighth call into it, they're like, "Oh yeah, well we were diagnosed with it too," and they they knew they had it and came into the office like they had just gotten the results and still came to the office. It's probably who I got it from. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. So we we had we had so many walk ins uh, during AEP last year. We were so like concerned because a big part of our practice is walk ins during AEP, and I didn't know how that was gonna you know, if it was going to be full steam ahead during AP or not. And it, it ended up being like crazy how many of them walked in and they're, you know, they're all wearing masks and everything, but we were trying to like space the chairs out and we had huge tubs of Germex and trying to do all that kind of stuff. But, um, and there's really no way that if it was really in there that people weren't going to get it. I mean, it was impossible. One thing COVID did for me is it got me out of the field personally. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we used to do in-homes and, you know, retailing stuff. And with all that going on, you know, I still have uh, downlines that did retail and in-homes. But me personally, I was like, you know what? This is a good year to just test it. You know, you can't do as much anyways as far as that goes. And so I stayed in the office the whole time, either did in-home appointments or over the phone. I think I did one face-to-face and that was only because it's a current client that literally is homebound and I know her and I just needed to go visit her. But it's amazing when those are the only two options, they do figure it out how to either talk to you on the phone or get you in person. Yeah. You know, they will Absolutely. figure it out. Absolutely. Um, and then I had one lady during when I had COVID had to have it inbound and nobody could, I couldn't go see her cause I had COVID. So I just sent her onto one of my downlines and he went and visited her and wrote it or, you know, so I'm at that point now where if they absolutely have to have an in-home and they're not a current client, I'm sending one of the other team members to go do it. I, I'm officially fully in the office on the phone or in, you know, at my desk and I don't go out in the field anymore. And so I have COVID to think for that because, you know, I had to adjust anyways. And, you know, it's something I kind of wanted to get out of the field at this point because I have so many other fires going on, you know, just managing the team and things like that. You know, the driving just took so much time away from my day. And that's helped a lot, honestly, yeah. being able yeah. just to stay in the office. This is the first year. So uh, January that I got out of pretty much all personal production just to be able to support more agents and spend more time on the events and things. And, um, you know, and I'll do, I'll do a little bit because there'll be sometimes when people call in and they only want to talk to me. And um, I try, we try to develop ways to field against that, but 
it's difficult sometimes. So mm -hmm. uh, if they'll, if they literally say, I'm not going to talk to anybody, but Justin, then I'll call them. So I think like two weeks ago, I wrote a Medicare Advantage plan, <laughs> but I, I try to keep, you know, a little bit of that knowledge, but um, by writing, because there's no way you can really stay in tune with that personal conversation without having it. Uh, but we, we also, like you said, there, there's so many moving parts that to the like last AEP, I, there was one week where I wrote 113 applications, like one of my little claim to fame, but I was like, there's no way I can do the other stuff that we're doing and really support it if I'm having to do that. So we've actually really yeah. staffed up our, our agent team in house so that I could, um, you know, be out of there and not have to do all that. And I'll see how this AEP goes. Cause I haven't had an AEP where I wasn't uh, in there personally producing, but I'm going to basically say anybody that comes in and demands to talk to me is going to have to be a phone appointment for sure, because I'm not, I'm not doing the face-to-face -face stuff anymore uh, right. this, this fall. And I, you know, we're trying to transition out of that a little bit too myself, just because, you know, the downlines are growing so much, but I'm still not quite there yet. I don't have enough staff yet to support it fully. Um, I got a new LOA that I'm really excited about that I think may potentially be able to be, uh, you know, a sales manager in the office. He's a young kid, super hungry, quick learner. He's doing really well. And I'm thinking I can maybe be able to groom him into being the floor manager. And if we can get that done and get some more hires in here, then I might be able to slowly kind of start breaking away from being, you know, the writing agent versus just the handling all the business side. Cause you know, right now I do both. And that's part of the reason why the days get so long. I mean, yeah. just like a post, I think you posted, you know, a few weeks ago about Temptus, you know, wanting more of a home life. I mean, I get that my family, my son is craving it. I mean, he's here in the office with me the last couple of weeks, every day, it's summer break and he wants to come to the office. Cause you know, he misses his mom. Yeah. Yeah. My so, kids were in here this morning. So yeah. I, I completely get it. You know, we're luckily, luckily we can bring them in, but even when they're in here, I'm so distracted that it's yeah. hard to, hard to do it. So we, we definitely, I mean, it's crazy. I feel like I could use 10 more employees, but it's hard to, you have to grow at a, a gradual pace so, yeah. so that you can afford it properly. But, um, well, Rebecca, I really appreciate you getting on. I know this won't be the last time that we get together, but it's, it's cool to get together and have real talks with people that are actually out in the field or not in the field, but that are actually out there producing and, uh, and, and managing agents and seeing what's happening. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, Rebecca, how would they do that? Oh gosh, my Facebook is open. It's public, Rebecca Davis, Medicareville, Medicare Wonder Woman. You can find me on TikTok, Medicare Wonder Woman. That's right. I love TikTok. She's, the, she's, she's kicking ass on TikTok. So um, I'll be at 8% Nation. I'm doing a breakout for brand new agents um, starting at ground zero um, from CRMs to leads, basically for minimal cost. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you're, if you're struggling to figure out which uh, breakout to go to, um, and you're a newer and you are a newer agent, you should hands down look at Rebecca's because the stuff that she's talking about, like there's a lot of people that are a ton of, you know, a plethora of information that are going to be talking. Uh, but, you know, a lot of them are talking about things that are very expensive to get into and their expertise is in people with money that have some startup money and capital and, or maybe a large book coming from somewhere else or something like that. If you are wanting to really give this a go and you have, you know, and, and you don't have a lot, you have more time than money, you know, Rebecca is the expert on how to figure that out and really capitalize on, on that time. Cause I don't and know if, if you, anybody's done it like her. 
And if you've never been to one of my trainings, you know, I'm the type of person that literally gives you tangible information that you can walk out of the room that moment and start implementing it. Um, you know, usually we have something we give out, you know, kind of like a cheat sheet, you know, as it were, uh, eight figure, I, I did a whole packet for everybody, you know, I'm big on literally having something you can utilize right then, not just, you know, about getting your mind and your wheels going. Cause me and you need that, Justin, but the new agents need a game plan. They need and, practical you know, I, information. I, yeah. I, so I, I'm, I, I'm a big way, believer yes. in that. And I really try to deliver that. So if you're wanting, you know, if you're a new agent and you're really needing some structure and some direction, um, please come. And I have a huge surprise for one lucky agent that will be in the room too. Nice. Hey, that's always a plus. Everybody <laughs> likes a huge surprise. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. And we'll talk soon. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with her, check her out on TikTok, go over to Medicareville or, uh, or just give her a message, shoot her a message. She's extremely responsive. It's probably even to a fault, probably. So, <laughs> but we'll talk to you soon, Rebecca. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.